Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Hello, and welcome to Trucking 101. Uh Tonight, we will be talking about uh, old truck versus new truck. The question is, is do you buy a new truck or do you rebuild your old one or buy a used one or a glider or whatever? There's, there's a couple of different options. I'm going to go ahead and bring on my co-host, Russ Morgan. If I can hit the button. Hmm. All right. Ford doesn't want to cooperate. There it goes. Hey, Russ, how you doing tonight? Uh, well, pretty decent now, so, uh, since, yeah, since we just got, uh, uh, this truck fixed, so, but, uh, anyway, yeah, I think I'll discuss that here in a minute, too, so, uh, okay, anyway, I'm good. Good, good. So, you you got something, uh, new going on, your training, Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh I'm getting some education on uh on step deck. I've been out for um here over a week. And uh anyway, so yeah, I get a little education on it and yeah, I think that's uh even though we've had a uh pretty rough week with it, I think I'm definitely gonna do it. Uh cool. It's uh something I enjoy which this week shouldn't have been enjoyable at all. So I mean, we've had uh, snow, nasty weather. I mean, you name it, we've had it. Um, so, but anyway, yep, I am enjoying it. Okay, so, so the question and, is, uh, yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say right the up when the truck is, went down and then we had a problem. Well, at least it was something simple. That's always good. And you didn't have to get a tow. But you can you can talk about there in a minute. So the question uh, yeah. that we've actually been talking about it for a while, we've been discussing this whole thing for probably close to a year at least between our little group. Uh, do you buy a new truck, rebuild your old one, buy a used one, or buy a glider? So, um... I can I can give my experience on on that thing. It was um it was a few years ago. It was probably about uh actually, it was right at 5 years ago. So that would have been 2013. 2013 is when they were still having problems with the new engines. Um they were going down for just ridiculous reasons and expensive repairs. You never know if you're going to get a good one or a bad one. The the odds of getting a bad one were better than getting the odds the odds of getting a good one. So everybody well, a lot of people were, you know, rebuilding old trucks, buying gliders, stuff like that. So, um we it was a no brainer for us because of all of the stuff that was going on. We bought a glider. Bought a twenty twelve uh glider, Coronado glider with a two thousand one uh Detroit engine. And it was great. Fantastic. Loved it. Uh, so we had an excellent experience with ours. Uh, well worth the money, excellent fuel mileage, uh, didn't really have any problems out of it. 
Um, so, but that was five years ago. And now, uh, you and Becky uh, were discussing your options for a long time because you know your truck was getting close to going down. So why don't you uh, talk about that? Yeah, um, you know, I when my truck got, I don't know, about one point three million on it or so. I mean, I knew that you know I was getting time to getting time to either going to have to rebuild it or get rid of it. And of course, I've got a completely pre-emission truck that gets awesome fuel mileage that Becky absolutely hates. Uh, but she's not the one that has to drive it, so um, you know she kept twisting my arm to get a new truck. Uh, she even got uh, Chad Hone involved in twisting my arm a little bit to try to get a new truck. And uh, anyway, uh, oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, I, I sneezed, so I hit mute. So uh, okay. Anyway. But, uh, so they twisted my arm a little bit. And you know what? I mean, I like my old truck. I mean, it's, you know, a nine-mile-per-gallon truck. Um, it's Since we've bought the thing, we've had it for, what, two and a half, two and a half, four years. Uh, it's caused almost no problems. All, I mean, almost completely zero problems. Uh, you know, your regular minor stuff that's going to happen to them anyway. And uh, so I really wanted to uh, rebuild the motor. And, you know, and not spend, uh, you know, the, the price of a new truck, you know, hundred um, you know, 140 to $170,000, $80,000 on a new truck. And I just couldn't see doing it. And um, anyway, so um, we went ahead and built the motor, and that's been an absolute nightmare. Uh, my, um, my truck was, uh, we put it in the shop, the... Uh, End of uh, what? End of November. Um, was in the it was in the shop for eight weeks for a motor build. Now it ended up being an outer frame because uh, the uh, crank was scored. Uh, but eight weeks is a whole lot ridiculous. Um, anyway, needless to say, well, yeah, not needless to say, but anyway, I got my truck back. Um, Bob tailed from the house to Dallas, uh, which is you know a little short. Uh, about a three-hour trip. Uh, pulled a trailer around Dallas a little bit. Pulled a couple of trailers around Dallas a little bit. Uh, booked me a load going to Alabama, and my truck blew up again right there at the exit to get off to go to the house. And so needless to say, I was a little bit miffed over the whole thing. I'm kind of arguing her side now, I guess. Uh, but... Um, you know, I'm still not completely turned off on building engines. You know, I mean, these engines get built every day. I like the truck. It's an old pre-emission truck. Um, and, yeah, it's got a lot of miles on it. But, I mean, I'm, you know, there's, uh, yeah, I see trucks out here every day with 200, 300. Matter of fact, I saw one here just a little while back had over 600,000 on it. So, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, it's not 600,000. I'm 6 million on it. Uh, you know, it had been rebuilt several times. Yep. So, you know, and I have the truck a truck you're driving now has uh, um, about a million and a half. Yeah, and it, it, it has it been rebuilt. Have, it, rebuilt it, about. It, 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 yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't know when the rebuild was done, but yes, it 
about, uh, about seven hundred thousand dollars ago. Yeah. Yeah. So. Go ahead. So. Anyway, but. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of where I am at with with the old truck. I, you know, I'm sorry. I like the I like the older trucks. I like the pre emission trucks. Um, but now, uh, you know, we do own a newer truck, and it has had, uh, you know, minor problems. Uh, you know, a leak here, you know, a coolant leak here, or you know, it's been it's been all small stuff. Um, so so far, it's been a, a really good truck, and we've had it. Uh, what is it creeping up on a year? Mm-hmm. And uh, haven't had any of the emission problems or anything like that. Uh, it's got a couple of uh, got a couple of minor minor uh, water leaks right now that are fixing to get repaired. But you know, so the the, the new trucks are are definitely better. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. I can't argue against them the way I could when you know either you had a decent one or you had a nightmare. Yeah. Twenty. Well, uh, yeah. I, we can go all the way back to 2010. I can talk about a nightmare in 2010. Uh, oh, oh, the Volvo. Oh, talk that, about that. Yeah, because that's yeah. what we were we were yeah. thinking. They just recently got good. So talk about the, the those issues that you had in 2010. All right. Uh, the Volvo. Becky can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was about 78,000 miles. We hadn't had it but like three months. We were team operation. And uh, the oil samples on this thing were just lousy, absolutely lousy. They never did clean up from, you know, it was a brand spanking new truck we bought, uh, Cummins motor in it, ISX. And the oil samples were just terrible. Well, the last one that we ran on it um, was an absolute nightmare. And, uh, I mean, we had changed the oil. I think we were changing it every, every 15 or 20,000. I don't remember. And uh, I took that old sample into the shop, showed it to him, and, you know, the shop called us the uh, next day and said, you know, this motor's gone. I said, yeah, I knew the motor was gone when I read the old sample. And uh, anyway, the guys at Volvo were saying the motor was gone. They called uh, Cummins. Cummins said, uh, that motor can't be gone. It's absolutely fine. Y'all don't know what you're doing. Anyway, it was like watching two two-year-olds fight in the back seat of the car. Uh Finally, uh, well, it was a month later, um, Cummins finally decided they're going to come get the truck. So they, uh, Cummins Dallas uh, had it towed up there, and they actually called me that day and said, there's nothing wrong with your truck, so we'll have it back to you tomorrow. Well, they called me later that day, and they said, you know the motor's blown up in this thing? I said, yeah, you know, Volvo's been telling you that for how long now? And uh, so anyway, we ended up... Uh, Cummins ended up rebuilding the motor. I told them I wanted a brand new one in there. They said it was going to take, uh, take another month. Anyway, I think it made to, made it to about a hundred and hundred and twenty-five, hundred thirty thousand, somewhere in there, in a year. Now, we were a three hundred and thirty thousand mile a year team, and in a year's time, we'd put about roughly one hundred twenty-five thousand miles on the truck. Um, we had evidence that the motor was going again, 
And uh, anyway, needless to say, it had been in the shop and been in the shop and been in the shop. I mean, we could not keep this thing out of the shop. We had a three-ring binder just absolutely full of uh, every time it was in the shop. So we, we ended up limiting all the trucks we bought in Wisconsin. But, uh, yeah, so my experience with the new trucks has n- not been that great. Right. So, you know, that's that's why I kind of like the old trusty Rusty. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, bring Becky on? Since she was arguing the the new truck side of it, let's let her give uh, what she was thinking. Hey, Becky, you're on the air. All righty. Yeah, that that is true. When the but that was one of the first years on the Volvo of the new. Really, that was the first year. Uh, right when they were switching over to use Zeph was that Volvo. So, yeah, it definitely had some issues, and I think that was some of its issues, is it was kind of one of those dreaded in-between-year trucks where it's going from one technology to another technology, and you know how that goes. Sometimes it just doesn't quite make the leap when you yep. when you get one within those those time frames. But um yeah, uh and uh I will have to say I didn't twist Ted's arm. I asked Ted. Ted said, Yeah, I'd go for the newer trucks because now they are a lot a lot better. And here was the thinking on that. We have now spent and the truck is still not I mean it still needs stuff when it comes out of the shop. But at this point Twenty, a little over twenty-three thousand has been spent just on this rebuild. You're talking about when it's all said and done, it will have been down ten weeks, maybe eleven. But it's, it's been already, down ten now. It's already, it's already at ten now, so uh, it'll be eleven. So it'll almost be three months. Um, that's three months worth of lost revenue that we'll never get back. Um, And at the end of it, we still have a crappy 2002 truck that needs a paint job, needs some new stuff, and the interior is falling apart on. I don't think that's a bargain. Um, It's a good investment. I, I, I still think it was a mistake to rebuild this one, but we're already so far down the rabbit hole that you know we're we're committed to this track now, but um, yeah, I would I would not advise this to anybody, um, especially if you've got a truck that I mean if you've got a truck that's in really good shape, maybe yeah, maybe go ahead and rebuild it. But with truck parts the way they are and mechanics seem to be getting away from this stuff, it took forever just to find a couple of shops that were even willing to rebuild the thing. So, yeah, 23 grand, there's still stuff that needs to be done out almost 3 months worth of revenue. So, you're talking 4,000 gross a week times 10 weeks. That's uh, well, actually make it 11. That's 44,000 plus the 23. Now you're at uh what, 67,000? over a third already paid on a new truck. 
Yeah, not. Um, well, this is not. This is not normal. Normally, you don't go down for ten weeks when you're rebuilding an engine. Most of the time, it goes pretty well. Yeah, it's not well, normal, but it does happen. And again, right. let's say there was no downtime. Let's say it was just two weeks. Um, you've still got a truck that is you've just put in more than it's worth. So even at right. that, you, you've put in more money than the truck itself is worth because you'll never get that money out of it. I mean, you'll get it out of it by by running it, but you'll never get that money out of it. And here's another um, complication. More and more places are putting age limits on tractors. Mm-hmm. More and more places are putting age limits on tra- tractors. Even talking with uh, Kenny a couple of years ago, some brokers uh, will ask you the age of your your fleet. Um, yeah, insurance so, companies are. So, exactly. Insurance is cheaper on it, but um, a lot of plate people that they don't understand reliability is not necessarily correlated to age. And so mm-hmm. um, they just want to know what the age is. They don't care what shape it's in. <laughs> How You know, yeah. what's the age of your fleet? You know, what are the age of your trucks in your fleet? Well, as soon as they hear a truck that is 16 years old, they're like, mm, yeah, well, our customer's freight has to get there, and we don't feel comfortable with that. Um, so those are some of the other complications that I looked at when I was making this, you know, when I was, you know, considering these decisions is, you know, this isn't 10 years ago. 10 years ago? Yeah. Probably a better business decision. But now we're moving into new technologies, new um, uh, companies wanting the newer technology, wanting uh, to make sure your trucks meet those specifications. Um so that that's what went into into my decision when I said, yeah, I think we should go ahead and upgrade. Um, Russ just likes the truck because it's hot rodded. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I am I am addicted to the horsepower. It is a very very high horsepower truck, and it will climb like nobody's business. Um, well, very. You know, then again, I was. I was just going to say, Series 60 what? engines are are a workforce, but that's also a problem, and it's 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 a liability. It's not an asset because that's what happened. Why it took so long? So many of these people were trying to rebuild, especially with the ELD mandate coming out. People wanting to get you know pre 99, you know Series 60s and other engines in there that these parts are all becoming almost impossible to round up. And so that was another consideration. Um, so there was many considerations that that went into my decision that we would be far better off to just suck up the truck payment and, and upgrade because, you know, in three years the truck will be paid off. You'll have a much newer piece of equipment that's actually worth the money um, instead of spending more than the piece of equipment is worth. 
So that was my that was my thinking. It's a tough call, I think. I still think it's a tough call. I mean, I would I I would go for the new truck. Uh, they weren't so expensive. Um, I just wish they weren't. I wish they were less expensive. But I mean, I'm in a new truck now. Uh, I like it. it. It runs great. They don't they don't have any of the problems that they used to have, so they're much more reliable. Um, but yeah, it's still a tough a tough call. Because you guys had no idea yeah, what was going to oh, happen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I didn't think it was that tough no. of a call. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 you didn't. You didn't. Uh, you know, and I did just because, I mean, I like my old truck. I, yeah, it need, I mean, the interior is not completely falling apart. It does need a, a few new pieces on the interior. Matter of fact, I've got a few new pieces that I need to stick on there. Um. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's old and what have you. But I mean, it's comfortable. It's you know, really all I needed. I just, you know, I, 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 yeah, horsepower. You know, but you know, even the horsepower aside, which I'm yeah, I am very much addicted to. Um. Uh, the here's, where was I going the with problem. that? You you were making an emotional. You have an emotional attachment to that truck, which kind of clouded your judgment on it, I think. And that's, what, too, what I want to tell people. These trucks are just trucks. Don't get emotionally attached because it can cloud your judgment when it comes time to make that kind of decision. I am not emotionally attached to that truck in the least. So it was real easy for me to look and go, yeah, here's the pros, here's the cons. There are some cons with the rebuild. Obviously, it's cheaper. Obviously, you know, the insurance is still less on that truck. But there, other than that, there weren't a whole lot of pros. They were mostly cons. And, but again, I wasn't emotionally attached to the truck. Right. Well, my, you know, really my big deal, other than it being addicted to the horsepower, was, you know, I didn't want to feel completely strapped for the next three to five years paying for a truck, you know. Um, and you know, I figured, hey, you know, twenty, you know, twenty twenty five thousand dollars on a rebuild, you know, I mean, we can knock that out in, you know, eight ten weeks. I mean, eight ten, you know, eight ten months. Um, you know, we're done with it, yeah. And I've, uh, you know, I still got a truck that I can run for, you know say another three or four years before I absolutely am going to have to do something with it probably and, you know, an upgrade. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I did look at it from, from that side also and that, you know, making those huge truck payments, you know, made me a little nervous. So, yeah, you know, being strapped for, hard. you know, being strapped for, you know, you figure by the time you, you know, you finance charges and everything, I mean, you're looking at, you know, rough guesstimate, you know, $150,000, $180,000, you know, for that truck versus, um, you know, spending normal time three weeks down, maybe a month with an outer frame and right back to work and, you know, eight, ten months. You know, you've uh, you know basically recouped your money. Yeah. So. Yep. 
I don't know what the weird noise is I'm getting, but uh, anyway, anybody, anybody wants to, oh, would that be Kona? Uh, well, anybody wants to tag in and give your opinion, punch one, and uh, uh, yeah, I, I feel I like I'm in a losing a battle here. <laughs> Did you want to grab that question back here, or do you want me to? Uh, you can grab it. Um, okay. Yeah, the um, yeah the the this has definitely been an experience I would never wish on anyone else. I would uh, definitely think twice. Plus, the newer trucks, so much more technology. A lot of these now are getting high eight, nine, and sometimes even 10 miles to the gallon right off the assembly line with no um, no modifications at all. Most of these trucks now have onboard um, um, long drain oil filters. So, you know, you go 50 to 75,000 miles uh, before an oil change. So there's a lot more... Uh, that these trucks are now now doing um, that the old ones just simply do not. Uh, I got Paul on. He's got he's got something he wants to say about the subject. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my iPad's not cooperating. Hey Paul. Oh, there we go. Hey. Uh oh. He should be there. Hey Paul. Got it. Um, hey, I used I used to have an old truck. I had a 2004. I bought my first truck, which was a 01 Pete, and I kept it till 2012. And it was becoming a little bit expensive to repair, but uh, it was it was reliable. It let me go to work all the time. But every time I came home, it's like, well, I got to go take it to the shop to get something fixed. So 2012, I sold it. It had about 1.4 million miles on it. 2013, I got my brand new 2014 truck. And it was good for the first couple of years, no problems. But the maintenance cost is high, you know, getting a DPF filter cleaned out, stuff like that. But now it has 500 and about 580,000 miles on it. It's an ISX Cummins. Um, and in the last eight or nine months, it's cost me $10,000 in repairs, mostly for the emission stuff. But it uses that much oil. It uses, it's got less than 600,000 miles on it, and it uses more oil than my million-mile Caterpillar used to use, so it's probably going to be getting a rebuild very shortly. Well, I'm still making the truck payment, but now I'm going to be stuck with the cost of an engine rebuild. But another thing is, when you go to the Cummins Service Repair Network, most of them, it's a waiting game when you want to get repaired. The last time it broke down, it took them about six hours to fix it, but it took nine days before they got to it. So that was 10 days I lost for a six-hour repair. Wow. Yeah, because a lot of those Cummins repair places, they only work Monday to Friday, 8 to 5, and they're that busy because 
in my opinion, the ISX Cummins is not really the best engine out there, but it's kind of aggravating. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that would definitely be aggravating. Um, yeah, I, I I don't have a real high opinion of Cummins just because of, you know, that that one truck. Uh, now, their small motors and the small pickups and what have you, I absolutely love. Um, but the... Uh, the, the big truck motors, uh, you know, having to deal with them, um, basically, Becky got a hold of somebody tall enough, uh, t- somebody who was high enough up in the company uh, and chewed on their butt for a little while, and we finally got something done. Um, yeah. But we had some heavy hitters in there playing, you know, and even with some heavy hitters in there playing, um, yeah, it took a while to get them to do something. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, and, and, go ahead. My my 2001 truck that I sold, I still keep in contact with the guy that owns it, and it's pretty close to two million miles, and it still goes up and down the road just like my newer truck. But um, he don't do as many miles as I do annually, but um, it's still going up and down the road, and I think he breaks down less than I do. So yeah. You just got to weigh the options. Yeah, because the the good the brand new right. truck is not always the best option. Just because it's brand new doesn't mean it's not going to break down. Mm. Well, that's true. That is, you know, uh, the, but at least it's under warranty uh, when it. <laughs> well, mine didn't give any. Mine never gave any trouble while it was under warranty. It waited till after warranty had expired, and then it gave me trouble. So, yeah. Oh my. Yeah, we bought ours through Spider yeah, Finance. And let me tell you, they I, I can't say enough good things, actually, about them. I mean, they went to bat, and they really, uh, they had enough Cummins in a headlock and make them uh, get that truck and get it back on the road. In fact, they even took, uh, got a month's worth of truck payment from Cummins. And instead of applying okay. it to the truck while we were down that month, they actually sent it to us and then put our payment on the rear of the loan. So I can't say enough about them, but I did find out later that that truck was the beginning of the end of Schneider's relationship with Cummins. They never oh, okay. ordered any more. <laughs> yeah, I don't, so, I don't blame them, so... So we we actually were very fortunate to have them holding the paper because, like I said, they had enough clout to really lean hard and heavy on Cummins and say, look, you got to do something. And, you know, they're big enough to make that point, whereas we were not. But I can imagine for somebody that, you know, like you, I mean, you know, we were very fortunate to have that. Yeah, well, 2018 didn't get off to a great start for me because I delivered a load on January the 2nd, and then I didn't actually pull my next load till January the 22nd, so I had 20 days of um, BS so, wow. and lost time. Mm. Right. So, I'll, hey, mm-hmm. I'll trade you. <laughs> yeah, I'll trade you. Yeah, it's been, uh, well, it's been, yeah, well, right at 10 weeks. 
Yeah, you know, we've been we've been uh, really fortunate with uh, Becky's truck. Uh, she has a 2014 uh, higher mileage. Uh, Becky, what are you in the uh, 600,000 range? Seven, no, seven, 787. Right, yeah. And it's, you know, it's been minimal, you know, the stuff you expect out of the truck. You know, you're going to have uh, – I don't think she's lost an alternator or anything, but uh, there's been a couple of leaks, you know, hoses, stuff, uh, just little simple stuff that you're going to have happen out here if you're working. And uh, yeah. so far, we've been really fortunate with that truck. Um, yeah, and the, I mean, we bought for a couple of things. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's it's getting ready to go to T and E next week for a couple of little things. Yeah, well, oh, just right. about all of my problems are all being emission or. Um, exhaust uh, knock sensor, DPF, all that emission stuff is what my problems have been. So, yeah. But it, well, uses, it I, uses I, a lot of oil, so it's off to the rebuild shortly. So, yeah. Yeah, mine doesn't really use any oil, but I have learned, and I I think this is where um, we haven't taken much to Pittsburgh Power because they're. Their service has kind of gone downhill the last couple of years, but I do think he's right on one thing, that about every 250,000 miles, you really should tear into that emission system and, you know, clean out or replace the sensors, you know, clean everything up. Um, So I do want to get that done here soon. And I think a lot of people um, mess up when they let the death tanks get low and – um, some of the fuel tanks, but I'm just in the habit of popping off that stupid death tank every time I'm there, and it never gets below three quarters because every once in a while I hit a pump where the the death pump is out of service. But I think if you do those kind of preventative things, I think they tend to last a lot longer without any issues. Um, I see some of these people, you know, oh my gosh, do you think I'll make it? You know, in the death thing is flashing you know red and and amber and i'm like why would you let it get that light yeah yeah Yeah, like why why even let it get that low i mean you're standing right there at the pump every time you fuel (laughs) you're right there (laughs) it's a it's a lot quicker to pump three dollars worth a gallon three three dollars worth of def than it is to pump 33 dollars worth of it so you top it off every day which is what i used to do and it only takes a couple of minutes so and then you're done Exactly. Yeah. You're standing right there anyway. So, but yeah. I think yeah. I think some of the people sometimes, and and that's not to say every case is like that because some trucks are just <coughs> going to be problem and no matter what you do. But I think yeah. there are ways to um, kind of ward off some of those issues for a truck that wouldn't be a problem child um, normally. So. So it kind of sounds yeah. like we've come to the conclusion that sometimes you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, rebuild or, <laughs> or upgrade. So Yeah. Well, I I'd like I'd like to go and buy a new truck, but I think I would go and buy a glider. So get I like the new technology with the disc brakes and all that stuff. But um I'm a little bit I'm a little bit wary of the emissions now. I I like the old school pre-EGR, pre-DPF, all that stuff. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. So. Yeah, see, okay, Paul, I, thanks it, for calling. It, 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 okay. 
Go ahead, Russ. You know, you know, I and I don't know. I, well, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with Paul. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I got a new truck, I you know I would really like to get the glider. Um, oh. You know, I. You know, one of these days, y'all may change my mind. I'm not against the, the new trucks at all. I'm not. I mean, they have started to prove themselves uh, that they can be reliable. Um, and so, you know, um, I don't know. That may be a uh, another sit down and let's discuss this and figure out. And, and I'm sure it will be when it comes time to upgrade my trucks because, you know, if gliders are still around, I'm you know, I may try to lean towards a – you know, uh, a new glider. So it will be because I think uh, you know, with the old motor partnered with one of the big companies. Uh, so I'm pretty sure the gliders will still be around. Um, yeah. So, okay, I mean, so we they're have still around. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Chad in Kentucky has some uh, helpful hints about. Uh, well, I'll just let him talk. <laughs> My touchscreen will cooperate. It is not being nice to me. Okay, hey, Chad, you're on the air. Okay. Um, people are going to hate me when I say this, but I have not had these issues with the emissions. And and you just alluded to one of them, keeping that def tank at three quarters. Don't let it fall behind that. I will give you a tip on those. If you do that all the time, that's great. But about every third or fourth time, let the def tank go down to about half and then top it back off. Because those sensors on there, uh, it's like anything else. They can, they they, they know a pattern uh, because it feeds back into a computer. So every three or four time, break that pattern and let it go down to half. Also, if you're one of these people that have to idle the trucks, idle it at about a thousand RPM because those emission systems, especially the EGR, is extremely dependent on heat for them to process properly. And if you're idling at 600 RPM, you're just not building enough heat in the engine for it to function properly. So if you idle a lot, you need to keep that RPM at idle at about 1,000 RPM, and it should solve quite a few of your problems. It'll, it it won't solve them all, but uh, a lot of the headache crap where uh, you'll have check engine lights and the def lights and all that, those will pretty much cease. But you got to remember, a awesome. bunch of tree huggers came up with these ideas that we need these filters, people that don't have any freaking clue about maintaining the car performance. These people are saying, oh, well, we need this because it's going to make the air better. Really, we're going to put a filter on the exhaust system. We're going to burn. We're going to shoot diesel fuel into it. We're going to burn it to 1,100 degrees Fahrenheit, and we're going to shoot it out of pipe. And, oh, by the way, when we do that, we're going to have to let it sit there and fast idle at 1,300 RPM for 45 minutes. It's kind of like the dog down your mom's telling you it's okay to still keep it. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Um, yep. Oh, go ahead, Becky. My problem is my truck will not high idle. It does not have that capability for whatever reason. But I try. Yeah, to it does. You have to unlock the ECM on it. The ECM is set. Uh, Do you have a Snyder the... truck? No, no. no it's you know, mine, uh, is, mine is an old Quest. Now, yeah, hers is an old Quest truck, and hers has an uh, interesting feature on it. Uh, which I've seen it on uh, several trucks now. When uh, when she starts idling, it'll sound like that motor's running extremely rough. It actually shuts down cylinders. 
uh, oh, when it's when, when it's, it's idles for when, for so long. Yes. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, so what what it'll 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 it'll, uh, uh, it'll kind of no, get it, high on low spots. No. Not really. It'll just um, it's just like more like a rough idle. And from what I've looked up, that it it actually is shutting down cylinders uh, to save fuel while it's idling for any length of time. Yep. Yeah, that, uh, I I've never heard of that. But like, if you see the company Freightliners that have the Detroit's in them, you'll hear them rev to a high and low, high and low constantly. And uh, that's that's the company cutting the truck back on the on the idle just so they can so-called save fuel. Um, I, I think I think the problem is is that we've gotten so wrapped up in trying to save this one-tenth of a gallon here, this one-tenth of a gallon there, that we're kind of missing the point. Uh, you know, th- that's just my opinion. I, I'm just, I'm old school. Give them fuel, give them air, let them run. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, uh, see, and I, don't uh, care. Yeah, now you're talking my language. Give them fuel, but, give them air, and, and trust me, mine will run. Well, mine should at one time. <laughs> Well, no, I'm, I'm with right. you on that, but I mean, like, but my my point is, is like these company trucks, you you hit a hill, even with an empty trailer on some of these hills, you're dropping 20 mile an hour in road speed. That is not making fuel economy. It's not. Uh, every single one of these company trucks that I've driven uh, that's cut back like that, that will fall down to 20, 25 mile an hour on fancy gap there at 77 with 40,000 pounds, they all do the same thing. They all get five and a half miles of the gallon. No matter what you do, they all get five and a half. In 2011, I had a company truck. That company quit paying me. That's why I left them. I had a Volvo 730 D6 D13 Volvo 465. This thing was wide open. It was the fa- it's a, it was the fastest big truck I've ever drove. Uh, as far as as far as quickness getting to road speed, which I run 65 at the time, uh, right now I've got a truck that runs 70. 70 is plenty fast. You don't need to be going any faster than that, especially with drum brakes. Um, but I had an 8-speed Eaton Fuller with a 342 rear ends in it and 22 five-wheel pros. And I had 45,000 pounds on a reefer unit coming back from Georgia up into Nashville, and I went uh, there on 24 to climb on Eagle. I was running 65 on the pedal like Bruce always says to do, and I rode onto the throttle like he tells you to do in his videos. And I start pulling that. I, I call Mont Eagle a hill. It's it's 2,000 feet in elevation. It's a hill. It's not a mountain. And uh, that's just my opinion. And I'm about, I get to this, I think to the second turn. Uh, yeah, it is the second, the second turn before you start hitting a little mini S part of it going westbound. And I look down at my my speedometer, and I'm doing 73. I'm like, uh, I wasn't wanting to do that. And, uh, I, I mean, I knew I was passing guys, but I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't, I, you know, I'd only been driving this truck three weeks at a time, and I'm like, uh, yeah, so I backed out of it and, and held it at 65. But that truck got eight and a half miles to the gallon and uh, was my average. And some loads, if they were under 35,000, I could get upwards of 9.3 miles to the gallon out of it. But they had it wide open. I mean, the only thing that was on it was the speed limiter, which was set to 80, and the rev limiter that was set to 1,700 RPM. 
and here we got everybody buying all these stupid fuel efficiency packages and they're getting five miles of the gallon. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, now Becky's truck does pretty well. It climbs good and and what have you. But, you know, like mine, I mean, uh, I, well, I had a guy, uh, he didn't really call me a liar, but um, I had, uh, I was well, I was grossed out. Uh, I was 79.9. And Yummy. I was, uh, that, yeah, and that real, real long pull running on 76 Pennsylvania going uh, west, uh, going east. And it's oh, like yeah, five, yeah, there at Tunnel Hill. Yep. Yeah, right. Uh, and, are you talking about the one at Breezewood? Yep. Right at no, 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 right, Okay, yeah. No, you, no you, get, you, get, you get to the top, and it's uh, uh, Somerset. And, oh, yeah, 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 right before you go in yeah, 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 Harrisburg. Like, Okay. Anyway, I was just on there the other night. So, <laughs> yep. Anyway, so I went climbing up it. Now my truck, it's wide open. It will scream. Now I drive it at 57 miles an hour, and I stay in 12th gear. And I stayed at 57 miles an hour all the way up the hill. Got to the top, decided to play with the dog, and the guy pulled in a little later. And he said, "Yeah, you must have been light." And I said, "No." I said, "I got 79.9 on." He's like, "There's no way." I said, "I'd be happy to show you my bills and my scale ticket." He wanted to see them. Um, and, but Did my you say truck, 57 uh, or 67? I, I run 57 miles an hour. Oh, okay. I run 57 miles an hour all the time. Yep, 5.7. Um, like I said, I, it'll stroll. Um, but I stay in 12th gear all the time. Uh, but, like I said, I regularly hit 9 miles a gallon out of it. So, uh, anyway, I you know... But then you look at Becky's truck. Well, Becky, talk about the way your truck pulls, climbs, and your fuel mileage. Yeah, mine actually, um, I just looked at my uh, average the other day. It's like 7.7 in the winter. It's about a, about a mile per gallon less than it is in the summer. But it's not governed. I mean, it'll it'll do over 70. On the, I guess it is governed somewhere over 70, but those faster than I'm going to go in it. But its happy place in mine is about 63, and um, it does not like weight. Um, I tend to haul, you know, things that are lighter, but uh, if it's got, you know, anything over 35,000, it's going to go slower up the hills, but not as slow as what you were talking, but... If it's relatively light going up the hills and it's an auto shift, it will pass just about everything on the hills. Uh, there's, I have not had an auto shift yet that couldn't outclimb just about any other truck unless it was oh, yeah. But, now, does your now, do, when you're backing up, does your auto shift surge uh, at random points, like surge real bad, and you go fly backwards? No, no, because it does. It's a 2014, and I guess Quest did not um, – I don't know what was available at that point. It's kind of a Frankenstein truck, actually. Um, it's got the Ultra Shift and not the new DT-12. <laughs> because and the DT-12 didn't come got, out until 15. Okay, so it's got the old Ultra Shift, and it's got the same dash, believe it or not, or the same instrument cluster as his 2002 almost, and not the – not the general Cascadia instrument cluster, which is kind of weird. But um, do you have independent gauges, or do you have a gauge cluster like JB Hunt does? 
Meaning, is there They're a separate all... RPM gauge? Yes. Yes, there is. Okay, separate gauge. Okay, yeah. Some trucks, some of the Cascadias, depending on the fleets, I've seen... Uh, I'm a dork. This is what I look into. Uh, some trucks, have, some companies spec them with independent gauges, you know, independent uh, uh, RPM, speedometer, fuel gauge, etc. And then some, uh, like uh, like JB Hunt does on some of their trucks, now they're getting away from it. They have a, it looks, it's a gauge cluster. It's a little, it's about nine inches across and it's got all the gauges. It's got all the RPM contained into one little housing instead of each independent gauge. So it depends on That's, how the company set them up. I think that's, I mean, the the RPM is a separate gauge, but they're all within a window. Yeah, yeah, you the have the gauge cluster. Yeah, that's that's a different package. Um, yeah, it, 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 like I said, it depends on the company and what they spec. Um, you know, uh, it's, I, I guess there's eight, nine, or ten different ways to get to Sunday from Saturday, in their opinion, so... Uh, you'll see I everything. You'll see. Truck. I love this truck because it it is a tag axle, so that does save on the fuel. Um, so so far so good. I I really do like how this truck is spec as far as fuel mileage and everything else. Uh, once I get an APU thrown on there, it will be even better. So. Oh yeah. Yep. But yeah, definitely on the now the Detroit's. I don't really have a lot of experience with. Uh, on the emissions, but the Volvo and the Cummins. If you, if anybody else is really listening to the show, I don't know how what the attendance is every week. But if you have those two motors and you can fast satellite thing at a thousand RPM, it'll solve a lot of your emissions issues. Because the emissions do not like idling; they're not designed to handle the idle. So uh, I think uh, the guys at the Power Hour yep. said the trucks they see the least uh, issues with the emissions on are the ones that don't idle the most. So if you do and have to idle, definitely idle at a higher RPM. We're gonna uh, we're gonna throw a monkey wrench in that. Actually, I don't have the higher RPM. Some of the least problematic trucks I have seen, as far as emissions, and Russ can tell you, is in the oil field. And a lot of those are Cummins, believe it or not, engines, and they idle constantly from the time right. that driver gets in till the time they get back. They idle absolutely all freaking day. And so, yeah, yeah that's kind of a – and we, we would always look at that and go, now how are these trucks not having any issues whatsoever? They're in dusty conditions. They're in crappy conditions. They idle absolutely all the time. And yet, here we go. Very few DPF problems, very few – Death problems, very few problems of any kind, really. Well, remember, anybody can buy common software. You can get just about anybody can buy common software. How do we know the oil field companies' shops are not turning those components off? We don't have that information, and you're not going to find it out. See, that's something a lot of people don't consider. You can. I can tell you from firsthand experience. Uh, yeah, I can tell you from first-hand experience from uh, from running through the oil field. Yeah, the company I work for did. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't spring for that kind of money. But let me tell you the the main difference is we drove the absolute crap out of those trucks. I mean, <laughs> you know, there wasn't there wasn't any just easing into the throttle. It was on, if we were rolling, it was on the floor. Period. 
And yeah. I, that's the only um, that's the only thing that made sense to me is I mean we drove the absolute crap out of those trucks. And you know what we I, now not because every once in a while we would have an emissions problem. But it seemed to be rare compared to everything else. I mean, we had uh, well, we had all new trucks, and uh, with the exception of the of our winch trucks, we had uh, old cats. I mean, everything built heavy duty. But you know, everything that was new uh, was a you know an emission motor, and I mean, we drove the crap out of them. And yeah, this company wouldn't spring for any of the technologies, and none of that was turned off and what have you, because they were cheap that way. Right. No, but I mean, uh, but now, were you driving it in West Texas? Uh, I was driving in uh, East East Texas, Central Texas. Uh, okay. We'd go down south. So, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, we, we were in, trust me, we were in the dust. We were in the dust oh, yeah. and what have you. We, uh, we ran around on prison farms. We were, I mean, we'd spend days on ranches. Um, you know, so, I mean, we were absolutely Beating on these trucks, and I mean they were, you know, they were like the Energizer Bunny. Well, uh, like I said, I don't have any, any knowledge of, of the oil fields except I see the uh, I see the trucks when they're oil. It's obvious they're covered in dust and dirt and all that stuff. But uh, uh, there again, maybe Cummins knows those are going into the oil fields, and maybe Cummins is setting them up differently. It's and the reason I bring that up is, is because, and I use this as an analogy, and it's kind of a weird one, but I'm into music really big, and I play drums as a hobby. And I look at certain guys like, oh, okay, well, he plays a nice kit. And I look at the badges, and I look at the kit. Well, just because the kit may say Pearl Reference Series, may not it may not be an actual Pearl Reference Series. It may be another uh, series in the Pearl drum kit line with the badges on it because he's an artist. Uh, so, I mean... Again, I'm not dispelling your claim. I'm not trying to start an argument, but uh, there's there's a lot of things that probably go on beside the scenes that just you or I may not know. What I can do is, I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, I have a cousin of mine who was a line engineer uh, at Cummins in Edinburgh, in Columbus, Indiana, and I'll run something by him. He was basically, uh, what he did was he was the liaison between the assembly line and the engineering department. And I can probably get some information on that from him. Okay, yeah, do that. And uh, I know uh, a fairly recent retired engineer from Cummins too. I'm, I may I may run that by him. Yeah, because and, I mean, uh, he helped design some of the motors. Yeah, because I mean that, that that's a possibility. I mean, they could say, okay, well, the oil fields they need their trucks to be more reliable, and we don't want to lose them. Why don't we? See if there's a little bit different parameters that we can run and make it a little bit more reliable, and they just don't want to chance it on a road truck because of the road driver maybe get caught by the New York Green Police and you know in the Bronx. Seriously, New York City has Green Police. They go around and they stick a they stick a piece up in the exhaust pipe and they measure it, and if the sit content's too big, they write the driver a citation. I'm not making this up. I've seen the special on it multiple times. All right. And or like you uh, may have a guy that has a DPF truck, and they may test they may test the, the weed burner, and if uh, if what's coming out of the weed burner may be too high, uh, you know there's a, there's a lot of variables there. Right. You know, 
but then again, it's an oil field truck, being that they're primarily off-road. Because uh, I know Western Star will still build uh, trucks with EGR uh, pre-DPF Series 60 with DDEC 4 electronics. It has EGR on it, but it has no DPF in the factory. But you have to like have all kinds of proof that it's never going to see highway use. It's going to stay in like a rock quarry or something, where it's going to stay in nothing but a you know, but a dust field. Right. We are getting to where we're just about out of time. Melissa, do we have anybody else calling? Oh yeah, hey man, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate the information. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no problem. Much. Yeah, that was it. Uh, we don't have any more callers, but uh, it was some good stuff. Any uh, final thoughts? Yep. Uh, yeah, I want my truck back. <laughs> 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 yeah, I am past ready to get my truck back, but um, yeah, yeah. Hey, it was a uh, uh, it was a good discussion. So um, I don't know if Vicky's still on here or not. So <laughs> Vicky, you still in agreement that uh, it's still kind of up in the air? <laughs> oh. The decision or the no, it's not up in the air. Should always upgrade. <laughs> you should always upgrade. I said, okay, no, wait a minute. I could have swore I heard you. Did I not make myself? I could have I heard. Do what now? Did I not make myself clear earlier? Let me be clear. Yeah. Uh, no, by all means, go over the pros and cons, but. Um, when you have more cons than pros, you should definitely go with uh, the one that is more suitable. We'll rebuild. All right. Well. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I I I don't know which is the better way to go. Obviously, Russ's truck had. That was just a terrible experience, but that's not normal. So it's it's hard to you know make a decision based on that one instance. So I, I still don't know. Weigh the pros and cons for sure. Well, exactly. And you know, right, right well, now I really wish I'd bought the the new truck. But anyway, go ahead and go ahead and shut us down, Melissa. I guess we're done, aren't we? Yeah, we're done. I uh, got about a minute left, so I want to thank everybody for calling in. Appreciate the good discussion. Uh, and we will be talking to everybody next week. Good night.